Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady. Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Today we have a fantastic guest. His name is Alex Stein. He is from the Conspiracy Castle. Joining me on the podcast was our producer, Jay, but it's late and he fell asleep. But sticking around, the champ, Chris himself. What's up, Chris? What'd you think of today's episode? It's me. Uh, I'm doing great. And uh, Alex is a real cool guy. He came with a lot of energy this episode. I was <laughs> really surprised. Does. Uh, you know, fun, awesome guy to talk to for sure. Yeah, it was a fun conversation. It got a little controversial. So if you want the whole unedited version of the podcast, please go to Patreon and support us. If you go to patreon.com slash MFTIC, or you can go to our Instagram at my family thinks I'm crazy and you'll find the link right there and go to the Patreon. You get the unedited, unbleeped version of the podcast because you know what? We're worried about the big tech lords. They're so scary. They're so spooky. So, you know, when Jay edits this, he'll probably edit out the more controversial stuff because, you know, me and Alex, we don't pull punches. We go no holds barred. Alex is down there in Texas. He's a patriot. He is uh, old school liberal, you know, so don't get it twisted. This isn't some kind of Trumper podcast, uh, even though we're open to it all. Uh, if you like Trump, hate Trump, we don't care. Still listen to the podcast as long as your family thinks you're crazy. And uh, with that, Chris, you got anything else to add to this fantastic intro? You guys are going to enjoy it. Basically, it's not just conspiracy. I'm really focused on hypocrisy because hypocrisy is saying one thing and doing the other. And we just let people get by on that. We need to call them out on the hypocrisy. That's all I'm asking to do. So we can call it a conspiracy or not. So that's just basically my focus. And, and I didn't have it when I was younger. I didn't know, like, oh, should I call hypocritic people out? I was just like, I'm... Like, oh, you're a nut job, Alex. You're crazy. Yeah. 
you, but you you have to be crazy to spend the 10 hours it takes to read all this shit and to look all this. So it does take a crazy person. That's the problem. It's a certain levels of craziness. Sometimes you go too far. There's a happy medium you have to find. That's with everything in life. So don't worry too much about your family, even though that is important. I'm close to my family now. Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Today we have my producer Jay with us. Jay, how you doing, Jay? Doing good. Let me into the Zoom on my other account, please. I would be doing even better. You got it. And we got Chris up here with us down in Florida. How you doing, Chris? I'm back. I'm hot. It's getting hot up in here. And our highly esteemed guest, the man of the hour, Alex Stein from the Conspiracy Castle. How are you, dude? Wow, very nice calling me an esteemed guest. I feel very important. Thank you to Chris. (laughs) Thank you to Mike. Thank you to uh, JP. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you guys having me with you today or tonight, and I hope we can unplug from the Matrix and talk about uh, the fundamental lies that we live under. Well, that's exactly the kind of conversation we like to get into. To start off, why don't you tell us what exactly shattered the Matrix for you? What was that moment in your life that made you realize what you were being told was lies as you well, for, as you entertain your cat with a fidget spinner. <laughs> for me, it was a lot of shit. It wasn't just your normal average day. One day you just, you know, wake up to all this bullshit. But for me, like if I'm really going back and I'm thinking about the timeline, I, uh, and we'll talk about my life and stuff, but really, I guess my first dive into conspiracy with Scientology. I freaking loved Scientology. That was my first, like, wait, what is this? L. Ron Hubbard, Xenu? See, what happened was, is so I uh, graduated from high school, 2005, graduated college, 2010. It took me uh, four and a half years because I got suspended for part of college for, you know, like multiple alcohol violations and stuff like that. But I did graduate. I moved to Los Angeles, California, and, and I packed up my Tahoe as soon as I graduated college and lived in the shittiest crack house apartment, studio apartment, literally 900 bucks, the cheapest place on Craigslist. No background check. There was a background check, but loose background check. Like, you could have shit on your background and still get a get-in type place. You know, they did a background <laughs> check, but, like, you could have a warrant and get in. There's a lot right. of ex-prisoners and people. As long as you pay the three months. In most places, it's, like, a, a two months or whatever. This is extra special place. You played three months, and I guess two one month, the last one was refundable because I got my deposit back because I took care of my shitty little place and it was cracked dungeon. But what I'm saying is I lived right next to the Celebrity Center in Hollywood because I lived in the shitty cracked side, uh, crackhead area. Like they act like that area is nice. It's really not. 
And uh, so I got really into Scientology and Elrond Hubbard. I didn't ever go to the meetings and stuff. I was like not conscious enough of it to like get into it. Like I want to join, but I was just kind of like, wow, this is cool. Like what the fuck? They're lying about shit. And all these rich people are part of it. Tom Cruise and stuff. That was my first like there's secret societies that have organizations that are plotting stuff behind the scenes. Like that's only in movies. Cause like you look at like a stupid movie, like dude, where's my car? Or something, but like, dude, where's my car? There's like Scientologists or weird space cults. And then you look at Heaven's Gate, that's a big cult. Um, so it was like Scientology was just like, oh shit, it just kind of reaffirmed all this secret society cult stuff. And that's why ever since then, I've always kind of been interested. And when I say the occult, I don't just mean religious, the cult is, you know, another word for secret. So basically, what's hidden, I want to know. A curiosity killed a cat. I'm, I'm curious about everything. All right. Yeah, that I mean, that would wake a lot of people up. Out here on the East Coast, Scientology hasn't really made its uh, presence known as, as much. So, but yeah, I can see how that would be kind of mind-altering. So the Celebrity Center is a place that the Scientologists own. That's what that is. I'm okay, so you're not so you're not even that dialed no. into Scientology. Oh, dude, you I know not, about dude, tonight. Hubbard, but... <laughs> I know tonight, dude. Tonight, you have to go watch the documentary Going Clear on HBO, and HBO okay. is full of shit. Jay, you will love it. You're gonna be like, oh my god. Well, I, I know about movie. Operation Snow I'm, White. I'm, I'm saying I'm the harshest that. critics of documentaries. And what happened was is is the 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 IRS wanted to make them not tax exempt. They didn't want to consider them a religion, but they had so much civil litigation against actual members of the IRS that the IRS actually backed down and considers them a religion. And that saved them. They had a over multi-billion dollar tax bill they couldn't have ever paid. It would have put them out of business essentially. And so that that plan, whatever you call it, Snow White, the reason I don't know it because it didn't work. And they won. They beat the IRS. And that's why they're able to do this fucked up thing. But the, but the only thing keeping them alive, they're not getting members, really. I mean, they get a few members because people are crazy. Um, but their their real estate holdings are unbelievable. They basically own downtown Clearwater, Florida. They mm. have some of the most expensive uh, uh, holdings in Los Angeles. And the thing is they bought it years ago. And so, you know, all those things are appreciating in value. So they're just, you know, that's, and they can borrow money against all the real estate holdings they have. So they're going to be able to stay alive for a long time, just based on the amount of land they own. Yeah. So going back to you, Alex, our esteemed guest, you graduated from high school, 2005, graduated from college in 2010 during that time period was there ever a thought in your mind that you'd be doing the conspiracy castle were you into conspiracies at this age were you kind of getting i I was too high and drunk all of my college years but i did (laughs) want to be a broadcaster i mean i've always wanted i did stand up in college and you know i hit open mics and then i actually won they had a comedy competition at lsu every year my senior year i I was in it every year but i didn't win it till my i won it my senior year and they did like the funniest comic of lsu so i won it in 2010 but um yeah so i've always wanted to be an entertainer broadcaster i didn't know it's funny the conspiracies just gave me, and I don't know if this is the same for Sam, because Sam has been doing this comedy for a while, but like it kind of gave me a direction 
to funnel my energy in because basically it's not just conspiracy. I'm really focused on hypocrisy because hypocrisy is saying one thing and doing the other. And we just let people get by on that. We need to call them out on the hypocrisy. That's all I'm asking to do. So we can call it a conspiracy or not. So that's just basically my focus. And and I didn't have it when I was younger. I didn't know like, oh, should I call hypocritic people out? I was just like, I'm saying high and drunk and I don't give a fuck. And I'm a liberal. Like, I don't care if gays get married. I want to legalize weed. You know, I think big pharma is evil. Um, and I believe we should have universal basic health care. Why the fuck not? I mean, the health care is going to suck dick anyway. But I mean, come on, if a kid breaks his arm, give the kid a fucking cast. I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, you know, they're not going to charge him $10,000 for a kid with a broken leg to wrap it with gauze. I mean, it's just stupid. Some of the shit, it's not like that in Mexico or something. And their shit's all fucked up, excuse my language. But they break their arm or something, and it costs them a couple hundred pesos, and they get out of there. That's how it should be here. We have price gouging. So I'm not like some conservative, like, oh, my God, big business, you know. Fuck yeah. No, no. And I wasn't even I wasn't even into Trump, dude. I wasn't into Trump until he started talking about putting Hillary in jail. And then I was like, oh, shit, this guy sounds tight. And then I wrote with them all four years because I thought they were trying to impeach him and shit. I was like, well, fuck, he can't get his plan. You know, he can't. And then I just realized it was all just a kind of a Ponzi scheme for him to funnel money to Israel. So I lost, you know, a lot of and I didn't ever, I was always, I'm not like saying I'm some really smart guy. I was always a little skeptical of Trump, but I wanted to like Trump because I thought he was going to put Hillary Clinton in jail and Pizzagate, dude. When we talk about conspiracies, going back to your first question, Scientology, of course, I got my wet, took my virginity, you know what I mean? Is my first, like, but it wasn't my first anal, dude. And my first <laughs> anal, dude, the first, like, hardcore. <laughs> Uh, uh, was Pizzagate, dude. That was the first time I was like, what the fuck? SRA, satanic ritualistic abuse? What the that fuck? That one's so it's, bad. It, Jimmy Seville, this guy in London, they all his footage, or he worked at a children's hospital, and they would get child, children, and they'd go on boats, and they'd never know if they died, and he, he had access to the morgue. They'd catch him at, in the morgue, uh, people at the, literally, literal employees at the churches that he would do charity work at would catch Jimmy Seville in the morgue of it and be like, what are you doing here, sir? Seville, he'd be like, oh, just fiddly wings, you know, just like, I don't know what the fuck you'd say, and walk out. <laughs> and, and you're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Alex? You're I'm like, no, the, the Carson Daly of the freaking 50s, 60s, and 70s was a known pedo, and, and, and they, he was covered. He was knighted. He was, like, in lockstep with the king and queen of the most powerful, whatever, still uh, uh, monarchy, whatever you want to call it, because it's not a uh, democratic government. So, literally, he's a very powerful person and a part of a powerful family, and he's torturing and supposedly satanically, ritualistically abusing children. And so that, dude, that got me fucked up. That was like the first conspiracy where I was like, oh, I can't sleep. I got to start reading this constantly. What the fuck? Like, I, dude, I remember I was so kind of strung out on it. And I wasn't like on drugs or anything. I like messaged my high school history teacher. And my high school history teacher like a liberal guy. And I was like, dude. And I'm Facebook friends with him. So I was like, I was like, you know, Coach Richardson, he's my football coach too for like four years. I knew him forever. I was like, what do you think about this Pizzagate stuff? There's a lot of evidence stuff. He sends you this message. He's like, can't be real. And just like, you know, that's absurd. 
And I was like, that means it's real. That means it's real. Like, Fuck my coach. You know, it's like, yeah. Like, I was trying to, it's like, that was the litmus test. It's like, all right, he's a fan. He's fucking flamer. He's not, he's not cool. Even though I like the coach, I respect his opinion. This, he was not down. And it showed me that, you know, there are people that have cognitive dissonance too. I think that was the first time I was like, man, there's too much weird stuff for you not to look at this and be like, they're best friends with Marina Abramovich, who's a known Satanist who hangs out with Lady Gaga, uh, Katy Perry, <laughs> all the top people. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, Barack Obama, uh, I mean, Hillary Clinton, they hang out with these people and they do spirit cooking rituals with Tony Podesta and John Podesta. In these leaked emails, they talk about sacrificing chicken to Moloch. I'm like, oh, you're a nut job, Alex. You're crazy. Yeah. But you you have to be crazy to spend the 10 hours it takes to read all this shit and to look all this. So it does take a crazy person. That's the problem. It's a certain levels of craziness. So sometimes you go too far. There's a happy medium you have to find. That's with everything in life. That's the problem. You got to be crazy enough to start searching up satanic ritualistic abuse, but you also can't be too crazy enough where you're like, putting peanut butter in your ass and eating it so it looks like you're eating your own shit to get out of a parking <laughs> ticket. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, there has to be levels to, like, our madness. Like, and you know, we have to. And that's why I give you credit, Alex, because you infuse comedy into your show, into these heavy, deep topics, and I think that's what kept me going when I was researching this stuff because I was listening to the Tinfoil Hat, I was listening to other podcasts that aren't just conspiracy they add a little comedy a little personal connection into it because at the end of the day you know we all have lives to live and unless you want to stake yourself as an investigator and dedicate your whole life to this stuff it's pretty overwhelming and even like guys like philip fairbanks and william ramsey who do do that who investigate this stuff for their career and for their books they say hey it takes a toll on me man i gotta not think about this stuff because it is hard to think about and yeah man there's, so there's uh there's something about the pizzagate stuff is is that you know like just like you said how you kind of mentioned it to uh your teacher and he's like i eh, can't be real you know it, it almost creates this dividing line where it's like you know well, well do you care that these kids are getting uh having satanic rituals about it or or don't you care you know and and that's where it's like you know hey fuck this guy if he doesn't believe in this shit or not you know yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna division. look up it yeah, I went so crazy. Further. I called into Howard Stern. I got through to the Howard Stern show and I asked him about it. What did he Bro, say? That. Yeah, and Howard Stern said, No, it's a fake story. Can't oh. be real. Him and <laughs> it's on my YouTube. Yeah, they both said it. Dude, I was a nut. I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it's funny because like that really, really messed me up. Pizzagate, so much so like where I like I like I never stopped looking into uh uh, uh conspiracies, but like Las Vegas happened. I like kind of like needed to step away from like Hillary Clinton in that mindset. But that is really dark because that got me on the same path though as Sandy, Sandy Hook, dude. That, and, and I mean, that's not something you can talk about, but dude, that is like the darkest shit ever. If you look into that, man, what platform are you going to put this on? On YouTube or what, what platform? We're good. This is RSS, baby. We're protected free yes, speech Yes, you're Because on YouTube, you can't talk about Sandy Hook. No, you can't talk about speech. it at all. If, if yeah. RSS, if anybody's listening right now that works for Spotify or iTunes, you can suck my d-
<laughs> take us off. Wow. Well, we don't have to have a whole Sandy episode. I just, I just spent a lot of hours like Sophia Smallstorm. I used to have a, a show. Well, I'll just put it out a- there. I'm going to tell all my listeners right now that if a big platform takes this show off, we got 30 ways to Sunday to keep this show going. And there's a bunch of different apps that you'll be able to find it at, including our website, www.myfamilythinksomecrazy.com. And uh, yeah, so don't worry about that, Alex. Free speech all day. Yeah, but this is, this is another thing that Matt Drudge said, dude. Well, we can always find places, but it's called internet ghettos. We have to go to an internet ghetto to get our freedom of speech. You know, we can't we can't do it on the same platform on our Facebook. So we got to find dark corners of the web. Even though it's the legal corners, it's not the actual dark web. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? It's an internet ghetto. It's that place in between DLive, these, these non- <laughs> you know, name brand streaming services. Yes, they're out there. There's always going to be somewhere out there we can put out our thing. But the problem is the consumer, the consumer doesn't want to leave whatever app they like, Apple, whatever the but fuck. But that's the thing that- is I don't want my show to be for people who are so mind brainwashed that they can't leave YouTube. You know, like I think I'm not stuck to this computer. I can go out. I can put my podcast stickers up all over the place. And I know when I was, before I got into podcasts, if I saw a sticker somewhere, I'd be like, shit, let me look that up. So there's ways for us to get this message out there without uh, social media and without uh, the big platforms. So I respect it, Alex. I'm glad you're you're looking out for us, but we're, we're not afraid. Well, I agree. I mean, that's that's good, and that's very you know honorable. I believe that, and I mean that uh, because, like I said, I gotten so many strikes just for talking about the Yulin Dog Meat Festival in China, which is during the summer solstice every year. They collect a bunch of dogs, and they say they're just like euthanizing them, but they literally kids collect dogs, they get rewards, and they cook dogs and they eat dogs because they believe it helps their sexual health for the you know for the next year. So it's literally they eat dogs to get boners, and I'm an animal nut. Like I don't even <laughs> eat meat anymore. I stopped eating meat. Uh, and I'm not really, I'm basically vegan except for I eat a little bit of regular cheese. Um, but I'm not saying that, like, I'm not holier than now. I buy cat food with a bunch of chicken and meat. So I, you know, I still, I still contribute to factory farming, but what I'm saying at the end of the day, I'm an animal lover. So that's really hits home with the Yulin dog meat festival. They're freaking cooking dogs mm-hmm. in teriyaki dog. I just, yeah. that's that. I, I, Skinning them alive. Yes, dude. That's literally how they throw them in the hot oil, like alive and shit. It's give me a fucking break. And I don't really like they do that to pigs, but give if people want to eat their bacon. I've had bacon so much, I can't be a hypocrite. But the human dog meat festival is too far. They're cooking cats. I'm a cat nut, dude. And nobody's cooking Sky Bear. That makes me cringe or cry. I'm going off track, but that's that's something I got struck no, for. It's okay. fun for hate speech. Yeah. Well, this is getting uh, to be a very controversial episode. You are especially connected to it being in Connecticut. I can't imagine uh, what it'd be like to drive through that neighborhood. Isn't it an affluent neighborhood? I mean, how far away are you from? Well, I'll tell you what. I've thought a lot about this, and Connecticut is stratified by class to a large degree. Certain towns are, you know, either more expensive to live in or less expensive to live in. Obviously that creates a certain wealth gap. Uh, But yeah, Newtown is one of those towns. It's close to the New York city side of the state and it's close to Greenwich and a lot of 
the Litchfield County and Greenwich County folks are people who work in New York City, who are connected. They have summer homes up in Litchfield County where it's very beautiful, a lot of space for houses. Actually, uh, what's his name? Anderson Cooper has a place up in Litchfield County. Uh, what's his name? He's oh, the um, king of Woody the Allen. Woody Allen actually committed that crime against that child in Bridgewater, Connecticut, which is in this same area. So there is a lot of weird, strange connections to this part of Connecticut. And then also New Haven obviously has Yale University, Skull and Bones, and uh, and Hartford has Trinity College, among some other uh, weird establishments, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at, you look at like all the real estate got paid off, like that Christmas, that was very highly unusual, especially in a place like that. The school was you know, obviously immediately torn down and built back up into this like, you know, opulent, brand new, super technological school safety, shining beacon for the rest of the nation, you know, the top flight, safe school in the country. It's weird. And like, you look at like Eric Holder, who was literally doing fast and furious selling and trading guns in Mexico, actually, whose fingerprints are all over the Sandy Hook thing to take away guns from Americans here. It's just so weird. And it's so obvious. Like, if you just look one layer, one millimeter under the layer of the orange now, do you or whatever. Think that, do you think that Trump sort of put a uh, hold on this kind of agenda that was obviously being moved fast, very forward from Obama, then from Bush and from Clinton and, and on and on and on? Uh, do you think that Trump was just a different deep state force that kind of got in the way of the other deep state's agenda and maybe had some other nefarious uh, reasons? Well, I mean, all he did was basically give money to Israel. If you really look at it, Jared Kushner, and, and like he didn't expose all this stuff from the Obama era, like Obama gay, what do you mean? What? You, you, you can say that there's no chance Hillary Clinton would ever run again. I mean... Trump effectively stopped the Clinton crime family from having that next year, four years or eight years in the White House, right? I mean, how? I don't how... know. Not really. I mean, I don't know how you figure that. They got Joe Biden in the White House who has Alzheimer's. I mean, what do you That's mean? I mean, that, they, they got like a lesser yeah. candidate in. And the whole entire time Trump was in the White House, they had Adam Schiff, who's a walking, talking retard. <laughs> and, and like literally while going on record and impeaching this president the whole time, not letting him get one thing done. So you can tell me like she didn't get it done. She's not, she's on a, okay. You're going to be like, Oh, whatever. I'm not saying this to be funny. Adrenochrome or whatever. I'm sure she does blood transfusions with young, with younger people. They say that helps, you know, the anti-aging process. She's fucked up, dude. She's like a hundred years old and she's lived not, she's not really that old, but she's lived harder than most hundreds hundred year old person lives here. She's flown so much. She's always in an airplane. She's always talking. That shit takes a toll on you. And her and Bill Clinton, they're both on some sort of high, like high grade life extension narcotics, in my opinion. Um, so to think that yeah. the Clinton crime family is not in play anymore, I think that's the opposite, dude. They got Joe fucking Biden and Kamala Harris elected. As a matter of fact, they might I mean they they might I'm not saying they wanted Trump to win. They were probably not planned for Trump to win, but they turned that shit into sugar. Now they divided us worse. They were able to literally Trump. Trump could have issued a, a, a national non-mandate. You know what I mean? Whatever. You know, open things up. He let all these places shut down. He cowered down because. And then what happened? 
Donald Trump became a vaccine salesman, literally a vaccine salesman his last six months in office. So that kind of says all you need to know. I mean, Hillary Clinton, whether she's, you know, the president or not, Joe Biden is not mentally capable of making decisions. So we know the guy that's in there right now is a puppet for who? We don't fucking have any idea. Drew Soros, he loves Rockefeller. The highest bidder. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Israel, fucking China, Z. I mean, who's? I mean, you don't know who's fucking them up the ass, telling them what to do. <laughs> and that's the fucking problem, bro. That, I mean, that's just like what's so sick is maybe it's not Hillary Clinton. It's another Satan worshiping Illuminati monster that's in control. If it's not her. No, and I, I'm happy to go back to how I always have been, apolitical, against the system and all that. I just feel a little bit duped, maybe, by the whole Trump stuff. So what do you think about Q? I mean, there's just a really interesting episode of the Higher Side Chats where this guy, uh, Recluse, kind of linked the Q movement to the possibly to this uh, group, this cicada kind of crypto puzzle group have you heard of the cicada thing where they're they're recruiting people to solve these really crazy internet puzzles that kind of were like args that happening in real life too i think i saw like some tweet about it maybe sam retweeted it or something maybe i don't know i think i saw that somewhere but i'm not that familiar um but elaborate a little more with it i mean what i really am getting at is is what do you think about q do you think that it was some kind of movement that was geared to get everybody on this train you're saying that okay well before we take q i want to go back to kind of the original street sound like the thc had a guy on and he this guy that was on there says i think that Q is this cicada outfit? Is that what you, is that basically what you're trying to say? He was saying that there are players involved with Q that were also involved with this cicada ARG, this kind of role-playing game where people were recruited online to solve these different cryptograms and puzzles. And he was saying it's it also happened on 4chan, which is interesting because Q happened on 4chan. So he's saying, well, what if they took a lot of these really smart guys who were able to solve these cicada puzzles and then use them in whatever Operation Q was, where they had all these drops and all this information that was mixed with real conspiracies, but also possibly disinformation? I guess my question is, do you think that Q was a real movement of people for the truth or or was it some kind of organized disinformation campaign well i'm primetime 99 alex stein i'm on the grind all the time and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to be as humble as i can when i say this obviously i'm not being humble at all but i am trying to come from a humble place i am the biggest moon landing nut there is i mean like you came on my show talked about it i've gone and debated i spent so many hours on the moon landing when somebody was telling me about Q, I was all about it. I was like, oh, this shit sounds good. The children, this and that. And this is after Q had had some steam. And I'm into conspiracy. So I was just kind of Q adjacent. I was kind of hearing it from like Eddie Bravo. I wasn't listening to like X-22 or anything. I wasn't, I wasn't like deep into it. But I look into it. I'm like, what does Q say about the moon landings? And Q said the moon landings are real. Yes. And... Whether you like to believe it or not, not only did he say the moon landings are real, he said the earth is round and I'm a flat earther. I'm a nut job flat earther. I, I don't know the shape of the earth. I just know we're not moving. I don't believe we're rotating. I don't know the shape of the earth. I, that's just the, what they call people that don't 
that I believe in a geocentric model, not the heliocentric model. The idea that the sun is the center of the universe is just, it's absurd. We, the earth, as like we know it, the sun, moon, and stars are a clock in the sky and they were created by somebody. I don't know. I'm not super religious. I'm not part of any particular religion. I'm just saying, I don't think a two rocks smashed together and we evolved from pond scum. And then this clock in the sky that's perfectly on time, every single time, at the same time, every day, you know, it's just the North Star is in the same spot. Yeah, we're supposed to be going six different directions that we look up and the North Star is in the same spot every single night. It just doesn't make sense. And they tell us the, the, the distance of the stars. We can get into that. I'll talk all, I could talk all night about flat earth. I'm a flat yeah, earth. Yeah, no, I'm uh, interested to know why, uh, why you believe in that. We actually just interviewed a guy about cosmology and, and how the planets and the stars kind of evolves or at least his theory and i think it's all interesting i've gone back and forth on this stuff a lot i definitely don't consider myself a round earther or a flat earther uh i'll repeat that last part i don't consider myself a flat earther but i'm not married to the ball as sam Tripoli likes to say that's what they all say that see that's it sucks it sucks being a flat earther i hate it it's the fucking i wear it it's i I regretted it for so long. But, dude, when you look at what we can see, like when you, and they say we're on a ball, you know, that means that we are on a ball that's supposed to be 24,000 miles around the equator. So that means that we're spinning 1,000 miles an hour roughly. It's really like about 1,100 around the equator. And then so you're a little north of that. I'm in Dallas. I'm going 700 miles an hour. So that means that, and you guys have to realize, we're spinning towards New York City. So think about this. So when you're on a flight, you can look into it. This proves the shape of the Earth. You can look up 16 emergency landings on the flat earth, or 16 emergency landings that prove the flat earth. First of all, all these planes and all these uh, emergency landings always land in Alaska because if you look at it on the flat earth map, the AE map, the Acadistical Equatorial, whatever, just church AE map, all these uh, plane flights are in direct uh, straight lines. But when you look at these maps, like, you know, on the ball, it's like these weird parabolic flights. It's very weird. But that's not what's important. This is what's important. This is all you have to know to realize you were not spinning. When you're flying from New York to Los Angeles, it is longer than it is to fly from Los Angeles to New York. It's roughly the same time. But if, if the Earth is spinning underneath you while you're in the air, it should be much, much shorter when you're going against the spin of the Earth. They tell you the atmosphere makes you stick to it. But at the same time that the atmosphere does it, they say we have a thing called the Coriolis effect. It's impossible. It's called double speak. You can't have the Coriolis effect. You can't have the Coriolis effect and tell me the Earth is spinning and it, and, it, and it can affect some stuff, but it won't affect a plane. It doesn't make any sense. Neil deGrasse Tyson will tell you that the Coriolis effect affected a field goal, that 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 a field goal hit a goalpost at the right exact time, and the, the rotation of the Earth happened to knock the ball in the direction he said this in a tweet. You have to like go to his tweet the way he described it. But that wouldn't make any sense if the atmosphere was making the ball stick in that. It wouldn't have had any effect. The Coriolis effect wouldn't work. And so, so the idea that planes are landing on a moving surface is impossible. They would crash all the time. It's just these simple shit like that that you don't ever look at. And then like you think, oh, Alex, well, they can't lie about Antarctica. Well, then they have to have the Antarctica Treaty since 1952. Nobody can go to Antarctica. Literally, you can't go there and say, oh, well, there's some people doing research. Yeah, on a military base, like right on the edge. You imagine if you try to actually do some exploration there, you couldn't go anywhere. And that's what they said. That they said freaking the Germans were all about Antarctica. So they knew something was going on there. And then you also look at this. I'm not this freaking 
you know, Christian guy like that. But the Bible describes the earth as being immovable and having a firmament. Like these people, whatever you want to say they were, they're closer to the creator than we were. I mean, they probably had some sort of Gnostic viewpoint. Like I believe humans are smarter. We've devolved. We were probably smarter then than we are now, if that makes sense. Even though we have more technology now, we were more brilliant then. So, so I'm just saying they knew what was up. And you look at any ancient text, they described it as the same way. And, and this is really what gets me. They say that we're on, like I said, we're on a 24,000-mile ball around the waist. And we're at a tilt of uh, 23.4 degrees. Uh, so that means the, uh, the adjacent angle would be 66.6 degrees is the opposite angle of the Earth. And then on top of that, the Earth is spinning around the sun at 66,600 miles an hour. And then on top of that, on top of that direction, the sun is going 1 million miles to the Milky Way galaxy. And in the Milky Way galaxy, we're moving an entire Milky Way galaxy 4 million miles an hour through an ever-expanding space. That means you have to think right now, we're in this huge galaxy that we can't even comprehend in our mind. And on top of that, we're flying 4 million miles an hour through an ever-expanding universe of space. That means there's a place right now where space is folding over itself. It doesn't make sense. You say, oh, how does that happen? Well, they describe a thing as having dark matter, dark hole. We don't know what dark matter is. We don't know what a dark hole is. They tell us it exists. They tell us that's the spot that, that fills in those gaps. It's insane. It's absurd. It's, it's like they want us to see stuff that's not there. They want us to see space that's not there. So they call it dark matter. They call it a dark hole because it fills in the holes of the heliocentric lie. And if you really look at the geocentric model, and that's the geocentric model is that the earth is the center and that everything revolves around us. You're like, Alex, no. Even Einstein, who married his cousin, who's a freak, who I don't really love Einstein. He even said that it'd be impossible for us to tell whether we were the ones moving or the sun, moon, and stars are moving. When you look at the moon, the moon does 13 28-day cycles. You probably didn't know that. In fact, did you know that the original Earth, the original clock for the Earth would be 13 28-day months? That equals 362. So that was the original. That's how, until they changed it, you know, I guess Caesar, the Augustans, whatever, Rome wanted to make it, you know, they wanted to put all their names on it. So then... They change this to the Gregorian or from the Gregorian, whatever the fuck it's called. So when they change the calendar, we went a little bit away from the sun, moon, and stars. But just look at the cycle of the moon. It's 13 28-day cycles. Look at the cycle of a woman's period. She has 13 28-day cycles. She has her period 13 times in a year. You think that's an accident, dude? You just think two rocks match together, and now these bitches' periods line up with the moon, bro? No. <laughs> whatever that is in the sky... And this is how I look at it. I think the sun, moon, and stars, I think the, the sun is a positive, the moon is a negative. You look at moonlight. Moonlight is actually colder than moon shade. That's right. Moonlight, when it hits a fire on a campfire, it actually makes the, the fire uh, you know, more combustible. That sounds crazy, but they've actually looked at these experiments. They, they have a thermometer, and they're in the shade, and the shade is actually warmer than the moonlight. So this moonlight is colder. It's an antiseptic light is what they call it. And then you look at the sun, dude. The sun gives us all of our life, you know, photosynthesis. It's just, it's just so important. Whatever the sun, moon, and stars are, it is so freaking important. And they tell it to you like it's, oh, this is what it is. It's just uh, uh, 93 million miles away, and it's just a hot ball of gas. And if you're just lucky to be here, and, and you know, it's just all such cockamamie bullshit. And you ask them, how do you measure how far the sun is? And this is what they tell you. They say they measured it 
from the orbit of Venus. And they don't even know how far Venus is. So like, they've just been guessing. They don't know the shapes, distances, any of this stuff. It's all a guessing game. So that's my promise. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, oh, I know this is a fact. This is a fact. I don't know. But what I wow. do know is I do I do know the Earth we're on is not moving. I know that. I, I just know it. And when I watch the sun set, I see it going down. When I watch the sun rise, I see the sun rising. So all my perspective, all my senses tell me what's in the sky is moving. And the Big Dipper, the Big Dipper is twisting in the, in the sky. I can find it every night. The Big Dipper and Little Dipper. If we're going all these different directions, that doesn't make sense. And they call it a parallax, that it's just so far away. And this is the big one. This is for me. They say the stars are trillions of miles away. Do you know the difference between a trillion and a billion? Let me tell you. A billion seconds is, guess how long, Mark? A billion seconds is 100,000 years. 32 years. 32 years. So how long is a trillion <laughs> seconds? thousand years. What? Thirty thousand years. Thirty-two thousand. It's one one thousand. The one one thousandth of a billion. So it's a it's a thousand billions. So, so look at that. So the stars in the sky they tell you are trillions of miles away. So that's how big of a difference a billion is from a trillion. And they tell you that they're trillions of miles away. Yet we can see them in the same spot every single night. They have to tell you they're trillions of miles away because we can't be moving all those different directions and then be in the same spot every night. It's all the double speak. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not a freaking cosmological expert or whatever. But dude, they've looked and you look at astrology, astrology, you look at the astrological chart. That's on a flat map. That's a circle on a flat map that that wrote that shows the rotation of the sky. So it's like, oh I mean, that's just so common sense that that means the sky is moving. And they've had the astrological clock for hundreds and hundreds of years. So they yeah. were able to predict that before they knew what the fuck is shape of the earth is. It's because they've always been able to tell, oh, well, the sun's at this position at noon. I mean, it's, they, they have, uh, you look at the Georgia Guidestones. The Georgia Guidestones have a hole that, that points to Polaris and stays at Polaris the whole time. They've been able to use sundials and sun clocks to know that we're not moving and being able to measure the things in the sky that are moving around us. It's just common sense, but I digress. Well, I'll tell you what, Alex, you have no reason to be ashamed. You said at the beginning you have, uh, you feel ashamed to be a flat earther. I think that, you know, I agree with pretty much all of what you said. I think that the, you know, these things that they're telling us are for the most part lies. But where I differ is I'm still, you know, seeking some more proof on the flat earth thing. I feel bad because I didn't ask Ari about what he thought. about flat earth stuff yeah and it i don't see a reason why what he was saying can't fit into a different shape of the earth or you know maybe some of these things that we're observing within the flat earth model fit into that model or vice versa but i think that at the end of the day we can all agree that we're being lied to by these institutions about the actual physics and the shape of where we're at. Right. So like that, what you mentioned about the planes, I completely agree with that. And I've noticed with the flight radar is they make these crazy trips around the earth that make no sense. If you were trying to go from A to B, you wouldn't need to do these great big loops that they do, but you can go to 24flightradar.com where they have live stream of these different commercial flights and you could see they're not going over these certain spots that you, you would think they would if the earth was truly a globe. Now, if the earth was flat, and you plotted those all out on a flat plane, 
those plane routes would make a lot more sense. And I was told this uh, by a close friend's father. Her whole family actually believes in flat earth. They live on a farm. Jay and I used to talk about flat earth a lot. So we're not shy to this kind of stuff. And I, I really, like I said, I'm not married to the ball. You know, I, I think I've yet to be proven either way. I was going to say, Ari but mentioned uh, how there's no conclusion on even the shape of the continents now for geopolitical reasons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. So that could explain some things about the airplanes, you know? What do you think of uh, Tartaria and all that? Does that fit into your ideas about Flat Earth, Alex? Because I know there's some Tartarian people that believe in Flat Earth. Well, yeah, I mean, that, a lot of people, obviously, it's like, if you're a flat earther, you'll, like, believe anything kind of vibe, sadly. I mean, not sadly, but you just realize flat earth, the problem is not the problem. Flat earth is the thing where you have to suspend the most disbelief because you're like, how can NASA be in it? How can the government, how can all these countries be in on it? But see, the realize is they're not. There's only a few science that are, you know, people that are actually know this thing. It's like the CDC runs the world, you know, and there's only a few people at the CDC that control the narrative. So when you realize how compartmentalized it is, it makes it a little easier to understand, but dude, no, I wear it. It sucks. I wear it like a scarlet letter. Being a flat earther is the freaking lamest thing. But what was your question? You asked a question and I started talking about being a flat earther again. What were you, what were you just saying? Oh, what are your thoughts on uh, Tartaria? Do you have any? Have oh, yeah, Tartaria. That? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's what I'm So how the timeline works for me is about photography started, like it came around in like 1829, 1830-ish. It was like when the first pictures were taken. So I believe that's the only history we really know. Everything, and even then, history is all fucked up in my, like, World War II, this and that. And so, like, anything before that, dude, I have no idea. And you look at some of these buildings, and you're telling me they didn't have a fax machine or a cordless drill to build any of these buildings? I mean, literally, to, like, <laughs> fax one lumberyard, hey, I need such and such material. I mean, who was making these raw materials? Forget, like, the buildings. Forget the masons or whatever the people putting together. Where the fuck are they getting these raw materials with no power tools and no, you know, industry in these rural areas? It's just a lot of that doesn't make sense if you look at the timeline. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely down with Chitaria. I don't I need to get really into it. I think there's a John Levi. There's a, you know, a couple of guys who recommended me recently. I need to really dive deep into. But I believe there probably was a reset. Like I said, I don't believe any time before pictures were taken. Like, we probably had some sort of technology before 1832 we didn't know about. Like, there had to be a reset within there. They restarted us because I feel like the camera, once you get there, that's when everything goes wrong. I know that sounds weird, but that's like when entertainment, porn, that technology, now we're on cameras. I mean, that is like the, that was Pandora's box almost, the camera. We all have it on our phone. We all carry a camera with us. So it's like maybe that's where they restart us, and they, they restart us when they give us cameras, and we're just like, Oh, these cameras, and then we start taking oxycotton and fentanyl. We all overdose and die. Yeah, on Facebook Live. Well, speaking of technology and and maybe more futuristic stuff, where do you think we're heading, man? Do you think this blue Project Bluebeam stuff is real? Do you think we're heading towards a uh, Clinton crime family, <laughs> the courtocracy uh, world, right? This court. Corporatocracy? What the fuck kind of word am I saying right oh, now? I got a technocracy. I know that. Or corporatocracy, yeah. maybe. There I don't know. It it's is. hard to say. I'll tell you this much, dude. I know for a fact what it's going to be. They want us all one gender, one race, uh, a one world order. I mean, it, it's, it's out of the Bible. I keep bringing the Bible. I haven't even read the whole Bible. But 
Uh, you look at it, uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 9, you flip it, it's 9-11. But that's the Tower of Babel. And in the Tower of Babel, that's about them building a tower, getting all the freaking people together to build a tower to the kingdom of heaven to go kill God. And so that's the New World Order's plan is to get us under one rule so they can get us all together. And the satanic will rule, us, will rule everybody on earth and then they can, in essence, kill God. They're like, no, they're telling fucking stupid. I agree that it sounds fucking insane and stupid, but you look at Hillary Clinton and you look at all these live action role playing, they like to do LARPing as Satanists. They love this shit, dude. They love to take the Bible and invert it and be like, oh, this is now our mission statement for our plan. And so, dude, these people have clandestine uh, uh, aspirations, like these secret aspirations that we don't know about, that they think gives them some sort of secret powers, or I don't know what the fuck these people get out of it. But I'm serious I, when I mean that they love turning people into transgenders. They want interracial couples. And I'm not anti-interracial couples. I'm not. I'm just saying they literally want us all morphed into one thing so they can control us. So that I guess we can't play a victim. Like they because we're so marginalized now, they got us so separated. I guess they want to morph us together so then we're easier to control because then we can't hate each other. Is what I think the game plan is. Well, don't don't you think that draws away from the whole divide and conquer thing, right? I mean, if we're all one, then they can't divide. Well, exactly. Us. Well, that's what I'm saying. They just divide and conquer, so we either kill each other or become the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like mm. that's like all. It's like with the black fist of, of BLM. Like, if you look at it, the people that don't get canceled are the liberals that play ball. Like, so if you'll play ball with the devil, if you'll like Bill Burr with his black wife, and I'm not, I'm not trying to go against interracial couples. I'm just saying there's certain things you can do to play ball that they give you a pass, even your bad behavior. So um, I don't know, dude. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. All right. I've been talking a lot, Chris, Jay, you guys got any questions, any things to add to the conversation? Well, I mean, I guess I'll finish my point, though. I think the transgenderism, I think the interracial thing, I think we do live in a, that's the, the, the game plan, is they literally want, like, us, I know, the, I go back to the Georgia Guidestones, they, like, want us freaking, the, and the Georgia Guidestones, are you familiar with it, Mark? Yeah, yeah, it's, they yeah. want us to be, like, what, 80% uh, of the population that we are, oh, yeah, 500 95%, million. Yeah, yeah, they want us down to 500 wow. million, and, they, and that's why, like, you look at the vaccines, and they say that, you know, these MMR vaccines, uh, you, uh, the documentary by Dell Bigtree, Vaxxed, proves that the MMR, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, has causes uh, autism. And, and even before they did a study that the MMR vaccine that causes the autism, if they were to administer the shot separately, the cases of autism were way down. But when they administered them together, they went way up. And so, like, even in places where they know this, in other countries, they still, Big Pharma still sells these MMR shots. And it's especially more, the more dangerous the younger the kid is. And these are still shots that are there today. So it's like, dude, there's just evil vaccines companies. I forget how I got on the Vax train, but um, we just live in an evil world where, uh, God, why was I talking about vaccines? Like, I started talking about Del Victory. It had to do with the point of what we're making. Oh, this is what I'm saying. This is their plan. They literally want us stupid sick so they can control us vaccinated uh and and under a spell literally under um, a magician's spell to make us think that we evolved from pond scum that everything came from nothing that our life is insignificant so that we won't even cherish it so we won't even have any gratitude for it so we'll just waste it and while we waste it when we're in that state of what we call fight or flight 
that's when we're in the easiest form of control because we're always worried about like six inches in front of us. We can't think like six years in front of us. So they have us in this real malleable, they have us like clay, just constantly using trauma-based mind control to influence our next decision. That's why they make us a debt slave. That's why they give you all this money when you're 18 before you graduate you know, high school. You already have an approved loan to go to college. So the rest of your life, you'll be indebted to the system, to the beast. And it's a real thing, dude. And they want you to just be a part of the hamburger meat of the meatloaf of society. I love, all, I love all the allegories and, uh, and little jokes that you throw in there. It always makes me laugh. I'm really easy to get a uh, chuckle out of, and it's, it's just fun. Good, listening. Chris. Good. No, I like it. I, I want to make you laugh. Well, you speaking of which, on a lighter note, you're planning on uh, going on Kill Tony there, huh? I am. Well, that's what we were talking about. I got to go down there. Now that we've already talked about it, we've manifested it. So now I have to go. But so how awesome. many people does he usually? That's so funny. I mean, what is that? Is that funny? You think that? You think that's gonna be? Is, well, I've watched the show a few times, but how many names does he drop out? Uh, uh, no, I'm saying I know you're not saying that facetiously, but I, but I'm saying how many names does he draw out of the hat? And do you think it's that funny? Because like I feel like it's, the vibe's not that funny. Like me and Mark went to a live show. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing. See, I haven't been okay. So, so tell me more about it. What was the vibe? So, so it was real positive vibe at the the live show. Oh, the, the live thing show about, was amazing. The thing about like I've okay. Okay. like I've said the the thing about Kill Tony is it's all about authenticity. If you're faking it or you're coming up there thinking that you're hot shit, they're gonna burst your bubble. You know, I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen to you, but I think that's what happens to a lot of comedians who aren't in the right headspace for the Kill Tony show. So yeah, it could end up negative for the wrong person. And it has, I think the show, they only bully those who like really put themselves out there in an aggressive, mean way, you know, whereas like it, or like a really like egotistical, crazy, like people who, who come on the show tend to either be really funny really sad really crazy or really boring right like that's the yeah. four so if you're or drunk or fucked up <laughs> well yeah, maybe. Well, the guy with the eye tattoos dude <laughs> yeah maybe how many I names don't... does he usually pull out of a hat on one episode six five in the texas episodes it's been like uh eight probably because there's not as many regulars anymore like when they had three regulars that took up three spots but you got to think two hours each person takes about 10 to 20 minutes so you can get about six to ten people in there if some people go short like sometimes if tony really doesn't like the person because they're just not prepared he'll just end the interview short you know but if you're coming on prepared with material then that's not something you need to worry about but that's when it is like a negative show because if you come up out of the bucket and you're like well i didn't really think i was gonna get pulled i would never dude no no no. that's what people say without a minute a a lot of people say that a lot of they get eviscerated (laughs) well i know and this is the problem though is dude you can't call yourself and i've done stand-up i'm not i don't call myself some like big combo or something but dude you should have a minute of comedy dude i mean you gotta have a minute i mean it's not like you're asking you 
I get it. That should be three minutes. That could be very hard. One minute, you should have like a butter da dun da. I mean, you know what I mean? You should have something goofy to say. Not like I didn't prepare one minute. You got to have one fucking joke. Dude. Yeah. And if you do, if you do bad and like this, like again, this isn't towards you, but when people do bad and they are new and then they say, oh, I've only been doing it for a few weeks or, or a it's few my months, first time. There's a lot of first, first time, time people. Then they're like, oh, okay. That's not cool. that big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Then they're That's like, cool. cool. Like, good for you, man. You know, like, and they're more supportive and they're definitely supportive of people who are authentic because that's mm-hmm. like what really set, like, that's what's fun. I've seen their clips, I've seen them be nice too. I don't know. I just, this is my problem too. So, I lived in California and I met Tony like, you know, a few times open mics. He was nice. He was never, he was never actually mean. Yeah. And, and Jeremiah was really nice. I consider Jeremiah a friend. Dude, the comedy store vibe. I know Sam loves it, dude. That place is like, where dreams go to die even though it's like a comedy you think it's like this comedy like lab or like comedy built up no it's like really like a comedy holocaust you know it's like whoever <laughs> survives literally yeah. it's just like whoever makes it well, out of a comedy concentration camp i think sam would so that's agree why with that. that show being there i i think sam would agree with that i mean the comedy store definitely is like a shark tank you got to be like the toughest surviving he's been there for so long he was there when it wasn't like that now i think it's so popular that like yeah it's there's a lot of people in the bucket it's hard to compete there's a lot of celebrities i don't even know shark tank is the right like shark like like a shark like it takes a certain kind of thick skin not a shark you have to be like a turtle you have to be like a dick (laughs) i don't know how to say sharks not the right you have to have you you were there i wasn't you i I mean i'm just you know you have to have like like if you're in your rating i'm not a pokemon expert but whatever you have to have a thick skin rating of a million so whatever pokemon has the thickest skin whoever can get shit on the most whatever animal can do that and still go back up there that is the kind of animal that survives at the comedy store. And there's a lot of people that do that, you know, and they're God, like Sam's one of them and he deserves the success he's having right now because of that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what the show kill Tony is definitely different now that it's out of the comedy store. I think for worse at first, but now maybe for better. I don't know. Things seem to be picking up, but yeah, man, I'd love to see you on that show. What was the first like uh comedy you did in college? You just, started doing open did, mics no or? eighth grade of my mc of the talent show in eighth grade dude and i was captain of the football team so i i did improv in high school like improv comedy and then okay. you know whatever and so yeah dude i've always done it and in college i did stand up at the bars and you know like i said i entered in the we had a that the student union every year they had the comedy competition i always got like second third in my senior year i won that but i'm not like I, I never, the problem with comedy, stand-up comedy, it's, I'm not that passionate about it. I, I, because I, I like the long form talking like we're having now. Like, I don't really like the setup punch and I like to be goofy. I like to goof around. Uh, obviously I love to be goofy. So it's not like I'm better than being a comedian. It's not that I'm just saying, I'm not, I can't be myself on like stand up or whatever. So I, I guess well, like how I was trying to explain to well, the comedy store, dude, I just, I don't, I don't like to go take a beating. I'm not super sensitive. <laughs> I got to think, see, I just, it really is hard to sit up there and, and bomb sometimes. It really just makes you feel like shit. And I didn't like the mental uh, uh, beatdown. It really was not good for my mental health of being an open micer and getting up. Even when you crush, even when you crush, which is not saying that I crush all the time. There's times where I did good in a room, you know? You're like the next day, you're going to an open mic and just bombing in front of five comics. It's weird. It's a very weird. <laughs> 
the goods are never that great. And the bads are pretty shitty, in my opinion. At least that's how it was for me. Well, I I've done one open mic and I bombed, so I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, the feeling. I'm sure you would after just one. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to buy. It's hard to bomb it. You know, really, it's like if you're in a room full of people, you're in a room. It's way easier to be in a room full of a hundred people and be funny than it is in a room full of five for some reason. I don't know. It's just that it's just the energy. Like in a room full of a hundred people, you can like fart on a microphone. And everybody's like, <laughs> it's just we get so stupid and when we get in groups. Um, so I'm not making audience dumb, but it's just the comedy's hard because you got to go through that like. It's like that, you but know. You said you, you said you you on. enjoy you enjoy showing the hypocrisy, and people find humor in that. I think that's... Well, I didn't. You nailed it. See, I, I wasn't. I didn't even have a target with my comedy. I, I if I would have maybe that's what I'm saying. Back when I was doing stand up, I would have like had the hindsight I had now, like oh, I should call out hypocrisy. Then I probably would be doing a lot better. I'd be a lot, you know, I, I, like I'm saying, when I was doing stand-up, I didn't have any life problems other than being broke, you know, other than being just, you know, broke white guys not that big a problem, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and not that I was that broke, but just being like a, a whatever lower middle class white guys, not that I didn't have any really like idea. I wanted to be goofy, but to be goofy for goofy's sake is kind of lame. Like, at least now when I'm when I'm joking, I'm talking about Sandy Hook and talking about Wolfgang Halbig. I mean, like I'm talking about these like existential gnostic biblical intense things and i'm trying to make that funny like what i'm saying is it motivates me to actually give me something to talk about if we're sitting here and we're talking about sports scores or we're talking about like some shit i don't care about then it's harder to be funny but like stuff i do care about is conspiracy stuff i can naturally be myself and i can i can be funny without trying because i'm actually interested in the topics well, I hope you uh, you write some conspiracy jokes, man, because I think that'd kill. I think a lot of people. I am. I yeah. am. I have some bit about uh, L. Ron Hubbard. I have a Scientology joke. I'm gonna I'm gonna write some. I'm gonna go to an open mic, and I think I'm gonna go to the. Let me look at the calendar. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I'm talking too much, but tell me about the the. I think it's the three the weekend. Of, yeah, the Monday is three eight. So that's the show I plan on going to. Is the three eight show. Uh, um, but. Cool. Uh, but tell me a little bit about what other tips should I do? I guess, I, okay, not not tips. What has been the transition from Austin to uh, uh, L.A.? Like, why did it, from L.A. to Austin, why did it suck, and why do you think it's okay now? Well, as someone who's watched the show for a, a long, long time, I loved the band, like you said, Jeremiah. Uh, I like Jeremiah. I think Jeremiah and the guys dressing up as different characters. They added like a balancing element to like Tony and Ryan's like roasting and, and soundboard and all that. And now without it and the band that's just really good musicians rather than comic element, it's just it's back to the original Kill Tony format where it was like open micers and Tony, you know, and whoever Tony's guest is, which they've been nailing it on the guests. I love uh, Shane Gillis, he was hilarious and all that. But the other thing is like, you know, it's a conspiracy podcast, baby. So we don't need to get too far into the weeds of the. Oh yeah, we don't stuff. have to get that. No, yeah, I, know, I know, but I want to. I, I want to get myself off yeah. that tangent because because I know I, on the flip side they don't really get too much into conspiracy 
in a lot of comedy yeah. podcasts and that pisses me off sometimes because i'll listen to some comedians that i really love and then they'll have like a mainstream take on the news and i'm like well fuck what the fuck you that's why i Dude, really they, respect oh, sam mark what are you talking about what fucking comic other than sam triple doesn't have bobby lee all those guys like like i mean i know you said what you would call it that that uh, uh, we keep talking about it. This last time we talked about it, Tony hints of his, you know, kind of like notes. It's all bullshit. I'm sure a lot of those comics know it's bullshit. But dude, a lot of those comics are, dude, they they all believe it's true. They all think they're going to get corona. And they're just supposed to be the hip, cool guys. Fuck that. They should be the ones yeah. standing up. That's why, like, Patrice O'Neill, they're doing his documentary. If he was alive today, he'd be standing up against this shit. But there's no comic that, dude, Chris Rock should be like, this is fake. Dave Chappelle could be, this is fake. None of them are doing it. They all believe it's true. Then they're all wearing their masks. I don't know one famous mainstream comedian, not even Joe Rogan. He even tiptoes. He like acts like he thinks it's fake, but also buys into it. So there's not one person going out there saying, this is bullshit. That's a Other funny Other than Sam me. Tripoli. Yeah. I mean, Other than Sam Tripoli. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a, uh, Christy Mayer's a comic too. There's a couple. Okay. Yeah, but, and then who else? There's like maybe a couple of conservatives, Nick DiPaolo. There's a couple, but I'm just saying not, yeah. not, not very many of a handful. Yeah. Well, all the more reason for you to get in there, man, for sure. But, uh, <laughs> what what are you doing with a fidget spinner? Those things have been gone for like three years. <laughs> it's funny. They have been gone. They've been gone for so long and I moved the box in my uh it's funny i moved the box in my closet two days ago and this is like on top of it from like three years ago this box and yeah. so i just whipped it out and now i've had it now i just become nervously play with it while i'm on my while i'm talking lately well so. it kind of looks like a ufo which makes me want to ask you as a flat earther how do you feel about ufos aliens do you think they're demons do you think they're interdimensional do you think they're real what, what, what? <laughs> This is a pillow. Did you, did you find that in the box too? <laughs> yeah, this is my look, dude. He's a service animal. This is his service animal card. So you can take that cat on a plane. I can take him anywhere. Yeah. Wow. This is, yeah and he's anywhere. got a pillow. For those just listening, Alex is showing us all of his really cute cat toys. He just put on some cat lingerie for us. It's really entertaining. Please go on the Patreon. It's kind of looking like an OnlyFans right now. The way Alex is dressed up with his cat. Cat ears on. This is only fans content. Um, what was your question about UFOs? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you so think? UFOs. I'll tell you what I think. I don't believe like anything can get like outside the firmament and come here. But like you know, they say there's like maybe there's other lands right like around us, and so maybe they come from underneath the water because mm. they say that we know more about space than we know about in the ocean. And the deepest we can go in the ocean is Mariana's Trench, which is eight miles deep. So I don't know. Is there anything weird that could come from the ocean? That's where I think any like extra ET life would come from. But at the same time, I do believe there's interdimensional beings. Like I believe we die and our soul goes somewhere because there's frequencies and stuff around us that we can't see, that our eyes can't lights and literally sounds and lights that we, our body just can't pick up. It's like an antenna that we can't get that signal. So are there dimensions that we literally can't see? Yes. Are there things in those dimensions possibly? Yeah, I do think so. So, I mean, I think there is some sort of interdimensional beings. But, like, if you think that in, when you look up in the sky that there's a Martian coming here a trillion miles away when they could go anywhere on Earth to come here in a little spaceship, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. So, I'm just trying to make sense out of this thing that doesn't, doesn't make sense. But, 
like if you say I believe in aliens, I saw a UFO. People are like, man, that guy, that guy's pretty cool. Like that guy's, you know, he likes aliens. If you say, well, I don't believe, I believe in the geocentric model, not the heliocentric model. What does that mean? Well, I don't believe we're on a ball. You don't believe we're on a ball, you fucking idiot, <laughs> fucking pedophile, loser, idiot, rapist, murderer. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't think we're on a fucking ball? The water all day, 95% water ball, you fucking idiot, dumbass, fucking retarded idiot, fucking idiot, dumbass. Oh, you like aliens? Oh, aliens are cool. Yeah, aliens, aliens. E.T.? I love E.T. Oh, did you see Independence Day? ID4? You don't believe we're on a water ball, you fucking idiot. We're on a ball of water, you yeah. fucking idiot. So, yes. yeah. No, and that's something we've talked about with uh, previous guests. Uh, one, Alex Sakaris, we were talking about this exact thing. Like, it's so crazy how everybody used to doubt aliens, and now it seems like everyone's on board with aliens. You know, like the Blame. ball... The ball gets pushed forward, and at what was once taboo becomes trendy, you know. And I think that, unfortunately, that's not going to be the case with all this Q stuff. I don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like there's going to be uh, some charges of domestic terrorism and all that. What do you think about about this kind of stuff leading into? the future of this country do you think we're heading towards some civil war do you think that covid's just going to keep dominating us i know you were recently in one of these town hall meetings uh talking straight facts to the mayor of dallas that was amazing i really applaud that kind of stuff i think more people need to be pushing uh the hypocrisy like you said into the mainstream and, and throwing it right in these guys faces because they are hypocrites I think COVID is going to be here for a while, even though on social media lately, they've been kind of doing like, you look at all the meme pages that are the controlled opposition meme pages. They're kind of hinting that like, there's like posting these weightlifting memes. Like when you didn't think the world was going to open back up, but actually it's going to open back up in April. And it's like this fat cat on the treadmill, you know, like trying to be cute. Like, so what I'm saying is they're going to tease us. They're going to open us back up and it's going to be sooner than later. And they're going to shut us down again because this was the plan all along. They want what is called the rolling lockdowns in the UK. They've already like supposedly done it in certain like colored zones, like the red zones or orange zones, whatever the more susceptible to the virus or whatever they call the hot spots. But basically they want to keep us in, uh, you know, uh, what they call rolling lockdown is like we'll be locked down for 21 days and we'll get a week non-lockdown or we'll be locked down for 31 days and we'll get two weeks not locked down so just wait they're gonna open back up really fast and then they're gonna be oh shit the case is spiked we opened up too fast oh we fucked up we can't open up opening up opening up oh the problem's opening up we should have never opened up even though everybody that dies died of heart disease or died of a pre-existing condition literally the cd says the cdc says that, you know, everybody that died of the coronavirus had 2.7 pre-existing conditions. So, you know, it's just absurd that, you know, they just rebranded the flu. So, yeah, they're going to open back up, but the, the coronavirus is not going away. That That's going to be the fact that it's worked this well. The government is never, it's the same as the Patriot Act. And they put the Patriot Act in after 9-11 that gave them warrantless search and seizure of our emails and our phone calls. Now we basically got the Patriot Act 2.0. We're going to have contact tracing uh, uh, apps on our phone. None of this shit with the coronavirus is ever going away. And if you think it is, 
just wait a month and see when it, it spikes back up because they're that's what they want to do too they want to play with their emotions what they want to do is they probably want to this sounds crazy like they want to like open back up and like like give people small business incentives and stuff and shut everybody down just to give anybody the last people that wanted to have you know hopes of making their own business other than the people that got put out of business by the pandemic for the people that want to come back and maybe start their first business they're going to let them start it and probably shut it down i mean we really have sick people and the problem is at the end of the day i don't know if i'm going to say that is when they have a method to control billions of people and they see that it works so well they never stop using it they never you know, they, it's like your ATM. It's an unlimited ATM. You never stop going into that fountain. They're always going to go to that well, and they're never going to stop. Wow. A lot of gloom and doom. It's firing me up, Alex. I hope you know that, that there's a lot of folks like me that are not going to stand for this. I barely wear a mask. The only time I wear a mask is when I have to buy uh, food. So, I mean, they're going to try to starve me uh, by forcing me to wear a mask and kicking me out of the grocery store. I saw a video where you were running around Trader Joe's with that awesome megaphone. That was hilarious. I said that to Jay and uh, the guys. That was funny. I think more. That people, was amazing. I think more people Thank are going to do that, man. I think it's yeah, but really... dude, that a retarded monkey can do that. Like I know it's funny, we're <laughs> laughing, it's cute, but like it's just sad because there's another guy that's like anti-mask and like I don't dislike this guy, but like he goes and yells people's face like take off the fucking mask, motherfucker, with like a bullhorn. And I mean, I'm saying whatever, feel a different direction. It's not that yeah. intense, but he's just a little more aggressive about it. So like. It's just sad we have to get like that. We have to get aggressive about yelling at people not to wear a mask. And sometimes I have to wear, like, if you go to the bank, I'm in the car business, I have to go to the banks if I they, they don't, the ATM doesn't withdraw me $3,200 to pay for a car or something. So I have to put on a mask. In a certain situation, I'm as anti mask as it gets, but the fucking, I'm not going to go out of business. I'm not going to go lose my house, my everything I own, because I can't put on a mask to go to the fucking bank. I'm not insane. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. So, dude, it just sucks. The problem is, I keep saying that, is we're going to be obedient to get along, to go along. Like, we're going a little bit. We're always going to fall into that obedience because it's the slow burn. It's the boiling frog in water. Like, they just, they put us in the water and they slowly do all this. They slowly take our rights away until the, all, all of our rights are gone and we don't even realize it yet. So that's the problem is that we're at this point where it's too late. And, like, I know that sounds black-filled or whatever, but it's not going to be all doom and gloom for us because, first of all, our lives, everybody here is like our lives are half over. I mean, we're going to live longer than that, but it's really more doom and gloom for these kids. We'll be okay. By the time their plan gets in, let's say it's 2030 or whatever, it moves back. We're going to be okay if we're in our 40s and 50s and 60s going through this. It's really going to be bad for the kids that when the transition's done and like the future is going to be like exactly like George Orwell's 1984, where the Washington Redskins don't exist. Like literally, because they can't say the Washington Redskins, this blows my mind. They had the first, there's the only Super Bowl they ever won. They had a black quarterback named Doug Williams. So he was the first black quarterback to ever win an NFL Super Bowl. And they can't show those highlights because the highlights would show the Washington Redskins logo in Jersey. So the NFL, NFL films, can't show highlights of the first black quarterback winning the Super Bowl because that is considered racist. What reality does that make sense? A first black quarterback winning the Super Bowl, footage of that would be racist? Wait, why? Oh, because the thing on his sticker on his helmet is an Indian. Wait, why is that bad? Well, because these Indians were here before us. So what? Oh, well, we killed them. We had this thing called the Trail of Tears and we murdered them all. 
oh, so that's a we're racist because they did that a long time ago. Oh, yeah, okay. None of it makes sense. It literally makes no sense. So when you look at the Washington Redskins, a team that is like in staunch in football history, if they can erase that, I, I would think that that would be like the Bible or something. You know, football history, Super Bowl. I mean, and they can erase that shit and erase the first black quarterback. They can erase anything. And the future is going to be exactly like described in 1984. You're going to go on the internet. All you're going to have is Wikipedia. And it's going to be, you know, Alex Stein was a domestic terrorist. He died by hanging. He was, it was a good day in America. Well, let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to close on that, Alex, but do you have any, uh, any <laughs> closing words? I mean, Jay, Chris, maybe you have a question for Alex before we go here. It is getting kind of late uh, on the East Coast. No, no questions. I just, uh, I thought it was funny when we were talking about the coronavirus, uh, that as soon as the coronavirus comes out, uh, the flu is just non-existent, you know, but yeah. before it was like 45 million cases, 35 million cases the next year. And now it's like, yeah. uh, only 5 million people got the flu this Where year. Where do you think the flu went? Where did all Chris, the other cases go? The worst thing is, no, they, and they, everybody's asked that question. They said, because people have been social distancing and wearing masks. Yeah, That's what they said. Yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. they take credit for healing the flu. These assholes look you in a straight face. They literally piss on your leg and tell you it's raining. It's sick. It's evil. It's twisted. But dude, I'll come on anytime. We'll really die. We didn't even. We just skimmed the surface on everything tonight, Mark. You know, there's a lot to talk about. There in is, the near dude. Future, my friend. I I like this kind of uh, blitzkrieg oh, attack you hit us with. You know, I we hit so say, many areas: Sandy Hook, uh, Flat Earth, uh, and all kinds of things in between. Jay, your final thoughts? Uh, if you do go to kill Tony. Uh, good luck. I had one friend that went and he got called. So hopefully that'll what? transfer to you. Wait, Jay, I'm going to get called hundred percent now. So you had a friend that went and put his name in the bucket yep. and he got called yep. in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Salt Lake City. Mick McFadden. Hey, it was in Salt Lake City. It was a right away. Why? Yeah. I'm going to get called. I'm going to get called. <laughs> I hope you do, sure. honestly. <laughs> we hope so, Alex. I hope you do. I, I hope I you will. do well. I think all of our listeners are probably already aware of your show because your show is really fantastic the conspiracy castle you can find it on youtube where else can they find your show and everything you got going on well if you guys want to find me you know conspiracycastle.live that'll link you to the show and obviously we're on like all the major facebook youtube instagram so you know i just follow me on any major social media but you know uh youtube obviously is going to censor us we talked about the censorship it <laughs> fucking sucks but that's where i have the most subs and uh, but I live stream to D Live, I live stream to Facebook, all my streams go to the same place. You can watch it on Periscope through Twitter. So it's not hard to find me if you're looking for me. And I try to stream almost every night, I try to create some sort of content. Um, because for me, I've really started, I can't tell you, like, if being a broadcaster or whatever, uh, you can mess with your like self esteem a little because you're like worried about what other people think, but at the same time. I can't tell you how much better my mental health is that I have a creative outlet. That's so, whether no matter what it is, I just have a creative outlet. When everybody needs something, I don't care what, even if it's just yoga, even in something more than exercise, it's something creative, you know, that you actually like and I'm passionate about. So it's fun. That's so why I'm thankful to broadcast. I'm thankful to come on here. I'm thankful that you have interest to want to hear me talk. So it really is fun. And anybody out there, like your podcast, my family thinks I'm crazy. 
because your family's going to think you're crazy no matter what. Even if you're not in the conspiracies, most of you probably are fighting with your family at Thanksgiving. So don't worry too much about your family, even though that is important. I'm close to my family and I'm an only child. And, you know, my dad's not really awake and my mom is. So it is a kind of a weird dynamic because they're divorced. But uh, we live in a world of lies and it's hard to convince people of that, not because they are, you know, idiots, it's because the cognitive dissonance is so strong. So. Some things we're just not going to be able to break. And the indoctrination, especially in our boomer parents, dude, they have seen nothing but Channel 5, NBC, or ABC. I mean, they have been brainwashed MK Ultra to the max. So we got to forgive our boomer parents. And we got, that's what I'm saying. The future isn't so bleak because there's people our age that are starting to expose this stuff that's going to kind of mess up their plan. When I asked my dad about 9 11, I was like, Dad, what was this about? He had no idea. And, you know, who did? Nobody did. But now when shit like this happens, there's there's people to go to and to see, and we're just more cognizant of what's actually happening. And I, I believe, even though people say civil war, it's not going to be a civil war. It'll be a cultural war. It'll be a cultural war of people that are asleep and people that are awake. And I don't think it'll get physical. I think it'll be a, a, a mass awakening, a renaissance of awakening in the near future. Alex Stein, bravo, man. That's the best way to end this podcast, I think. Please go check out The Conspiracy Castle. I've been on it a couple times, and I hope to be going on it again in the future. And, of course, Alex, we'd love to have you back on for a future episode, maybe dive into the moon landing, because we only mentioned it. We didn't really talk about the moon landing much, and I think that you've got a lot to say on that. Jay? Chris, thanks for joining me. Alex, it's been an honor. And uh, for the listeners, have a great day. Mark is bananas. Okay, this guy's losing his mind. Don't listen to him. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. Follow us on Patreon.com slash MFTIC. That's Patreon.com slash MFTIC. Peace out.